0: You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Benny Johnson with one second ago. He shot shot a good. And seven, seven seconds. Detroit basketball. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. You can find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. And like I tell you guys at the beginning of every podcast, I was a credentialed media for the 2019-2020 seasons. So that makes me kind of a big deal. We are recording this one on the night of April 26th, right after the Pistons win over the Atlanta Hawks, 100 to 86. Throughout the pocket, we're going to recap that game a little bit, and we're also going to talk a little bit about a comparison I want to make with Killian Hayes, and then also there's something I want to talk about with Hamadou Diallo as well in his whole situation. But first, let's just recap this Pistons game tonight. So I know there's going to be a lot of you guys who are not happy that the Pistons got this win tonight because they're trying to battle out at the bottom of the lottery, or at the top of the lottery, bottom of the league I should say, uh, and get as high a draft pick as possible. And try to limit the far- the farthest they can fall in the draft. But this today's win you can't be mad about, and this is why. So th- throughout this game, well, first off, Jeremy Grant only played twenty seven minutes. Mason Plumlee twenty minutes. Wayne Ellington twenty two minutes. Corey Joseph twenty two minutes. So it's not like the Pistons like ran their starters out, their vets out, and just fed them the entire way, and they led them to a victory. That's not what really happened out there. So, but then also what you need to be happy about is the fact that in the fourth quarter, the Pistons built themselves a little bit of a lead and entering the fourth quarter, they came out with a lineup of all youngsters. No one was older than 22 years old. They had Killian Hayes, Hemadu Diallo. They had Sekou. They had Isaiah Stewart and they had Frank Jackson on the floor. Sorry. I don't know why I waited to say Frank Jackson last. Usually you say like the center last. I don't know why I just did that all out of sorts, but those are the five out there on the floor. And instead of like keeping the lead steady a little bit, or like maybe losing the lead a little bit and giving Dwayne Casey a reason to think about putting the starters back in, they not only kept the lead, they extended the lead throughout the fourth quarter, and they played really well, uh, especially defensively. Killian Hayes was all over the place defensively, knocking balls loose, getting his hands on a, a bunch of passes, getting a bunch of deflections. Um, Seiku probably had one of his best defensive defensive efforts tonight, defensive performance. Uh, I, I know that, uh, now a lot, like I say all the time, no, a lot of you guys just don't like Seiku, but easily tonight was probably his best, in my opinion, probably the best he's looked all season defensively. He was really engaged on ball. He was really frustrating the hell out of Danilo Gallinari, which he's a really good offensive player. He only got four shots up, Danilo Gallinari that is, only got four shots up and it was two or four. Uh, and Seiku was frustrating the, the living hell out of him. So I think Sekou has a lot to do with that. He also was pretty good off-ball as well, pretty active on the glass, had four rebounds in his 18 minutes. Also, you got Isaiah Stewart, who had 11 rebounds and four points. Isaiah Stewart continues to bring that constant energy on the glass. And then Frank Jackson, guys. Frank Jackson, you know what? I'll say Frank Jackson for last. Let me talk about Hemadu Diallo first. Hemadu Diallo has been – we're going to talk more in-depth about him and his situation later. But in in short, he's been struggling for a minute now for like the past week, week and a half, I'd say and he was really starting off rough tonight honestly i think he started off 0 of 3 and was really just looking like he was heading for another bad game but he quickly turned it around and he had a he ended up shooting 6 of 11 for 14 points 3 rebounds 1 assist 2 steals he was the thing with hamadou is that he's always going to be aggressive going to the rim i feel like he kind of gets screwed on foul calls like he gets to the rim very, uh, like a lot and he goes up strong and straight into guys a lot and it's kind of confusing to me why he doesn't get any calls for or as many calls as I think he should get, so I feel like that kind of frustrated him at some sometimes in the past games when he struggled, but also this game he was just able to turn it around and end up turning what looked like it was going to be a bad night into a good night. So that's really good for him, and we'll talk a little bit more, like I said, on him a little bit later. And lastly, Frank Jackson. This dude, Frank Jackson, is just a straight baller, man. I know I've know we've talked about Frank Jackson so much on this on this podcast as of late, but dude, he's just been like. I, I can't believe what we're seeing from Frank Jackson, dude. Like it's it's it it's shocking. He had 18 points tonight. Him and Jeremy Grant led with 18 points. Frank Jackson shot seven of 12 from the field, three of five from deep. He had three rebounds, one assist. He was a plus eight on the night. He was he's just like instant offense. And like if you watched him before uh, at the beginning of this season, or even before like the last month and a half, maybe going on two months actually. I've been saying a month and a half for a minute. It might be two months now that he's been playing really well, but. If you watched before then, he just wasn't – he didn't show this kind of thing. Like, I think a lot of it obviously has to do with the fact that the Pistons were playing him at point guard for some reason, and he's obviously not a point guard. But he's, he's really settled in, and he just comes in and just lights the ball up, man. He just – he comes in and scores instantly. And and it's been – he's turning into, one, like, one of my favorite players to watch on the Pistons. He's just so fun to watch and his hair tonight. Let me just say this. I, I made the joke that I was going to start the podcast off saying this – and it was just a joke, but I see—I actually do have to say, 'cause I saw some of you guys doing it already, trolling me. We have to stop comparing everybody to Ben Wallace, man. I can't take it no more. And literally, George Blaha said on the broadcast tonight, oh, looking like a little Ben Wallace out there, throwing back to Ben Wallace. Like, dude, we cannot keep comparing anybody with an afro or hustles to Ben Wallace. Literally, everyone I've seen so many Ben Wallace comparisons for the Pistons over the past three years. It's getting ridiculous, dude. It's getting disrespectful to Ben, honestly. The fact that we just compare anybody to him. It's getting, it's getting disrespectful. We got to stop this. Stop, please. But for Frank... Over the past 23 games, not including tonight, which is really I, I hate how basketball reference doesn't include like that. It takes so long to, I think it takes like 24 hours for him to update the recent games of that night. So, like before tonight, which is, he's going to actually, his numbers are going to go even higher after tonight because he scored 18 and shot really well from the floor. But before this night, over the past 23 games, Frank Jackson had been scoring 11 points a game while shooting 48% from the field and 42% from deep on four. Point three attempts in just 20 minutes to play that is that's crazy bro Especially for where he was and what people thought of him at the beginning of the season like he was not expected to do anything Like he's a two-way guy brought in He was a young two-way guy and no one really wanted to see Frank Jackson play anytime. He played everyone would get mad uh, We had a few people say they're already done watching him. That's like the fifth game. He played was like okay we're already out on on Frank Jackson and so it, it, his story I talked about it a little bit. His story continues to be wild, and he had another. He had two dunks tonight. He had one, actually. I think he had one dunk and then tried a second one. But he had one dunk off of alley oop from Killian Hayes when he just got off the ground. Real, like, just dude has bounce. And then another one where he tried to just absolutely obliterate the rim. He tried to literally send that rim to hell, and he ended up missing it. But dude got so up, so high, and literally tried to slam it so hard with authority. That just rimmed out. Uh, You know, I actually would rather have that missed dunk than have him slam down a soft dunk. Because that that dunk was entertaining. Even though he missed it, the fact that you could see him, like, get up that high and try slam it with that kind of authority, that was actually more fun to watch than him uh, dunk a soft slam. So, Frank Jackson, I'll give you two points in my book. You didn't have 18. You had 20 tonight in my book. But overall, the Pistons' young players really did, all of them, showed a little bit of promise tonight, even more promise, I should say, tonight with the way they were able to close the game. There's going to be a few things that I want to talk about with Killian Hayes in this next segment. But outside of that, Sekou, he shot two of six from the floor. But, I, again, I think that he showed a lot tonight. Again, he, when he tries to go to the rim, he usually gets to the rim. He did it again tonight. He got to the rim. He got, blocked. he got blocked one time. But it is what it is. Like I said, the big thing with him is the fact that he's able to get to the rim constantly. He's been able to do that. He also was extremely active on defense. He pushed the ball a few times in transition, was able to get three assists. He had a few driving kicks as well. Like I, I'm really getting impressed with what Seku's doing. I think he earned minutes moving forward, but I've said that before, and drawing Casey obviously didn't agree with me. But So along with Seku, Isaiah Stewart, another good hustle game. Frank Jackson, we just spent talking about him. Keely Hayes, we're going to talk about some of the problems I or issues I have with him from this game. And then Hamadou Diallo, really good bounce back game. We're going to talk about his situation. Later on in the podcast. But before we get into any of that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors and who this episode is brought to you by, and that is Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team in sport. Locker Room is the best place to engage in conversation and debate about whatever sports subject you're thinking about. Like I said all the time, I'm always in the Locker Room app Monday, Thursday, and Saturday with my boy Duncan Smith. He hosts the room. We like to do a little sports trivia over the history with one of our friends, Keith Black, the guy I always bring up with you guys that is just the hist- the historian of history itself. It's a really fun app. Make sure you guys go download it. It's just, and like I said, I'm going to make sure I bring the Locked On Pistons over there one of these days. But download the app. It's really fun to use as of right now, you can download the full free app on all iOS devices. Be sure, be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams in league. I can't wait to finally join you guys all in there and host a Locked On Pistons room. And I'll let you guys know when that goes live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. So like I said, there's a few things I want to talk about with Killian Hayes, and I kind of hinted at this on Twitter that I was in a locker room room today, actually, and this was what sparked this idea or this this topic for me. Uh, they were talking about Killian Hayes comparisons, and I didn't really have a Killian Hayes comparison before. I've talked to you guys before about how I get annoyed when people just compare him to Rajon Rondo simply because Rondo can't shoot, apparently, and, and since you can't shoot in your point cut, we're just going to compare everyone to Rajon Rondo or Ricky Rubio, and I think that's pretty annoying. Uh, so I really haven't had a comparison for Killian. But then we got into this locker room debate, and I actually came up with a comparison that I think actually is my favorite comparison. I think it's the most – I think it's the best comparison for Killian right now. And before I say which one that is, let me tell you – let me give you why. So, for example, tonight, there was multiple times that Killian got two feet in the paint and just didn't score or didn't even shoot – not score, my fault – didn't even shoot the ball. And that's just that's unacceptable. He has to start shooting the ball when he gets five feet from the rim. I understand he's looking to pass, but he has to be able to bend a defense and he has to take these shots because he's turning the ball over a lot doing this. And I think tonight was the first game outside the fourth quarter because he ended up turning it up a little bit in the first quarter. But outside of that, this is the this game right here is probably the most frustrated I've been with Keeling since the beginning of this season. So that's something that he has to he has to start doing this. He has to start shooting. When he's 5 feet away from the rim. He just has to. And whether it's 5 feet from the rim. Or he has to start shooting more threes. Or pull up jumpers. He has to start shooting the ball more. He has to be more aggressive. He has to do that. He can't keep doing. He can't keep coming out here looking to pass only. And because it's not going to work. He's going to turn the ball over. And this will segue into who I think his best comparison is. So in this locker room app today. My friends. Like I mentioned you guys. Duncan Smith. And Keith and and there's another guy in there. One of my boys, Don. He listens to the podcast. Thank you for listening, Don. But all these guys, they are talking about killing comparisons. And someone said, I think it might have been Keith. Whatever. One of the guys said something about Lonzo Ball. How Lonzo Ball's a lazy comparison. Blah blah. It's not. He's not really like Lonzo because Lonzo's not good in the pick and roll. Well, first of all, Lonzo is really good in the pick and roll this year. He's in the 83rd percentile on our synergy. He's scoring 1.0 points per possession. So he's actually been really good. In the pick and roll this year, he's actually been excellent according to synergy. So he he's been extremely good in the pick and roll this year. He only has like I believe just a little over 150 possessions in the pick and roll. So he's not it's not his main. His main uh, archetype is spot up right now on this season. Most possessions with that. But my point is is that Lonzo actually has been really good in the pick and roll this season. And we're gonna try twist. Trust me, it's gonna all make sense as I get to the end of this. But so I. I took exception to that because I was like, well, you know, Lonzo actually has been really good in the pick and roll this year. And then I actually started thinking about it even more. I was like, wow, wait. Keelan Hayes and Lonzo Ball is probably the most perfect comparison I have for him right now. And I'll tell you guys why. First of all, they're both really good on defense. I think that right there makes a good tie with them. They're both really good on defense. And they both have the same knack at getting deflections and causing disruption on ball for guys. So I think that, that right there is a really good comparison from right there. But the main one right here. This is the main thing that ties them together. And people were just—I—I I was going to argue by today, but on the locker room app, but I went quiet because I wanted to save it for tonight. But this is the main comparison with them. So Lonzo Ball's rookie season, because the main thing that people were saying was, well, you know, Lonzo pick and rolls weren't really his—isn't really his main thing. So they're picking and choosing where they can be, make him be the pick and roll behind because he can't really do it. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Lonzo came in as like the same kind of prospect. Or the same kind of uh, attributes as Killian. An uh, extremely good passer with extremely great vision. Really really good vision. That's the same thing with Killian. So it wasn't that he came into the league and he just wasn't a pick-and-roll ball handler. There's a reason why he was drifted away from pick-and-roll ball handling. as drifted more into a spot-up and secondary playmaker. There's a reason for this. You want to know that reason? The same struggles Killian Hayes is having right now. Lonzo co- couldn't shoot and he couldn't get to the rim and he couldn't finish. When you can't do that, you cannot be a pick-and-roll ball handler. You cannot be a main ball handler. You cannot be a primary playmaker. You can't do any of those things. So, for example, Lonzo Ball's rookie season with the LA Lakers, his main play type was pick-and-roll ball handler with 212 possessions. He was in the 18th percentile, which is classified as below average. He scored .62 points per possession. Awful. Not good at all. And the reason for that was because he could not get to the rim, and he could not score. And no matter how good of a passer you are, no matter how great your vision is, if you are incapable of bending the defense, if you are incapable of making the defense believe that you are a threat to score yourself or at least make them believe that you're going to shoot the ball, those passing lanes will not be open. The passing lanes will not be open. They'll easily read your passes. You'll turn the ball over a crap ton. And that's what was happening to Lonzo his rookie season. So it's not that Lonzo came in as just like a spot guy. No, he had the, they had the same kind of thing for Killian that people have for Killian. They want him to be a, a, a pick-and-roll guy. That was Lonzo's big thing. The fact that he was such a great passer. Great vision. There's a reason why he had to drift away from that. It was because he couldn't shoot and he couldn't finish. Let's go over to Killian now. Killian having the same problems. He can't shoot right now. He cannot finish around the rim. He's scared to use his right hand. He's been struggling to even shoot the ball around the rim. Once he gets in the paint, sometimes he doesn't even shoot it. Like tonight, he doesn't even attempt to shoot it. You want to know what that's led to? And this is the thing that, like I said, you guys have heard me sing glowingly about Killian coming back. So I don't want to make this seem like I'm piling on Killian. I've seen the flashes. I see why people believe in him. I believe in him. I think he's going to get better. I, I said last podcast, I believe, or two podcasts ago, why I believe that his shoot, I have no worries for his shooting. I gave reasons why I'm not worried about his shooting. His free throw percentage here and overseas, how well he shot overseas, his mid-range jumper the way it looks. So I, I, I believe in Killian. But this comparison is the best comparison for me. But back to what I was saying. You want to know what Killian? How many times Killian's turned the ball over per game this year? Two point eight turnovers a game in only twenty three minutes of play, uh, of of twenty three minutes per game. I'm sorry. You want to know what Killian's main play type is right now? A pick and roll ball handler. Obviously, that's what people have built him as. He's a great passer. He's great at setting his teammates up. But is he actually good at this? This is this goes back to one of the packets where I was talking about when Dwayne Casey said the remarks about him playing off ball. I don't want him to do anything else until he actually is good at the thing that he's best at. Because people are saying, oh, well, we already believe he's pretty good in the pick and roll. He's already pretty good at doing this. He's already pretty good. No, he's not. He's not. I'm sorry. He's shown us flashes to believe he's going to be really good at it. He's shown He, he has at times and stretches shown why people believe in him to be really good at it. So there's reason to believe he will become really good, really good with it. So, yes, but he is not actually good at it right now. As of right now, he is in the 11th percentile in the pick and roll ball handler classified as poor. He's scoring less points per possession than Lonzo did his rookie season in the pick and roll. Awful. He's been awful in the pick and roll compared to the NBA standards. For a rookie and from what he was in the earlier in the season compared to now, yes, he's better and it's good to see. But he is having the exact same issues Lonzo had. He cannot bend a defense. You know how many how many turnovers did Killian have tonight? I know he had a few. A couple of them were forced because he was incapable of bend a defense. Give me just one moment. How many times did Killian turn the ball over tonight? He had had three turnovers tonight in 23 minutes of play, so right there with his season average. This is all because Killian is not able to bend the defense with his shooting or his finishing. My point is is that I think Lonzo Ball is the best comparison for Killian as of right now. They both have the exact same weaknesses, and if Killian does not improve in the offseason, which I think he will, hopefully he does, I believe that he can improve as a shooter. Finishing, I think, is going to be a little tougher. But I think he, I, I believe more in him becoming a better shooter than I do as him with him becoming a finisher. But either way, I think he will become a better better finisher or shooter, one of those two. Hopefully, this off season. But the point is, is that if he, if he doesn't, he is going to run into the exact same problem as Lonzo, and the Pistons are going to run into the exact same problem that LA ran into, and the decision that New Orleans ran into, and that is Killian simply or Lonzo, whichever one. Like in this comparison. You cannot make them their primary ball handler because they are incapable of bending a defense. You want to know why Lonzo all of a sudden this year is is so great in the pick and roll? Why he's been so good in the pick and roll? You want to know why that is? It's because he's become a really great shooter. He is one of the best shooters in the league. He's shooting 38% on 7.9 attempts from deep a game. That's why Lonzo has become such a good shooter. He's also really improved from two-point range. He was shooting 44% from two-point range before this season. This season he's shooting 49% from two point range. Lonzo got better from inside the arc, and he's become one of the best shooters from outside the arc. That's why he's become better at the pick and roll, because he's been able to find a way, he's improved his game and found a way to make a defense bend. So he's able to that's when you're able to utilize your passing and your vision, which is both which is one of the biggest strengths for both Killian and Lonzo. So for me, I think the best comparison for Killian is Lonzo ball earlier in their career. This is the exact same problem Killian has right now, and he has to improve it like Lonzo did. Or he's going to run into the same problem of being a poor pick-and-roll, I don't care how good of a passer he is. I don't care how good of a how good vision he has. If he doesn't improve that, he's going to run into the same problem L.A. He's going to run into the same problem New Orleans did at his first season with Lonzo. That you just simply can't let him be your pick-and-roll ball handler, your prim- primary ball handler, because he can't bend a defense. I think he'll be able to get there. I'm not crapping on Killian. I think he can get there. But I think this is the best best comparison. I, everyone in that locker room was like, "Oh well, you know, that's not that's a lazy comparison." Bob. I think actually, I just went and did a really good in depth analysis right there to show you guys why. So lazy, I don't think it. I think it's the most accurate one as of right now. And I was struggling to find one for Killian because I thought he was just a unique player, and you weren't really going to find one. But I think him and Lonzo actually had the exact same issues and the exact same problems heading into the league with the same kind of strengths as well. Hopefully, killing looks to Lonzo. I actually, I would rather the Pistons actually show him Lonzo and be like, "Listen, Lonzo has the same strengths you had. He had to improve at these things to a- be able to bend a defense. He had to get more aggressive as an offensive player, as a scoring threat, to be able to be as good as he is now in the pick and roll. And that's something you have to work on." I don't know. I think that. Let me know what you guys think. I think that actually was a, is a really good comparison, and I think I did some really good analysis right there to sway you guys. If you guys didn't believe it at first, I think I sw- I could sway a lot of people with that. So. Coming up, we're also going to talk about Hamadou Diallo's situation. But let me tell you about a couple more of our sponsors. First one is going to be Rock Auto. You ever need a part for your car? Head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning just for one of the workers to tell you that they don't have the part that you're looking for. I know I have. That's why you have. That's why you should avoid these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, RockAuto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand on your phone using RockAuto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or make a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Once again, make sure you write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com and another one of our sponsors, Bet Online AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app do I use? Which online betting site do I use? Which one's best for me? And that's when I found bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing, along with the MLB coming along. If you want to take your adventures... Beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there, too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, something I didn't even know you could even bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, like I said... We're going to talk a little bit about Hamadou Diallo and his situation over the past two weeks. But first, actually, I want to poke some fun at myself. So I promise you guys right now that Cherry Garcia is going to be in my nightmares for like the next year. Because I've went back and forth. First, I said Cherry, or not not even Garcia. See, I messed it up right there. It's Barcia, Cherry Barcia. There you go. I went so like the first week of this podcast saying Barca, and all of you guys are like, no, that's not how you say it. And I had one person say, say it, Cherry Barca. So I started saying Cherry Barca. Then I have my boy Nick, the head of the social social of Locked On Networks, tell me it's Barcia. And then someone else also told me it's Bar... Someone, I just kept getting so many different recommendations about what it's called. And then this last one, I got two guys who were like, listen, dude, it is Barcia. It's a play on the guy. I think his name was Freddie Garcia. It's a play on that. So from now on, Cherry Barcia. And I promise you guys I've already had nightmares about it, and it's going to continue to haunt me for like next year. The fact that I struggle so much saying a simple word, a simple flavor. It's ah god. But <laughs> anyways, we're gonna talk about Hamadou Diallo and his situation. The thing with Hamadou Diallo, and I tweeted this out today. He had a really good bounce back game today. But this th- this whole thing, this whole stretch that he went through, this whole little little narr- this whole thing that he went through is just it's one of those things that make me it's one of those examples, I should say, that I show for why I do not like Dwayne Casey as a head coach. Now, like I've said, let me, let me go ahead and do the Stephen A. Let me put the little graphic up at the bottom of the, of the podcast. Dwayne Casey is an excellent human being, a great person. He does great for the charity. He does great for the, the city of Detroit. He's a great man. He is a role model for many young, young people. He is a role model for many, many players on his team. Let me, let me just put all that on there on the graphic below. But I do not like him as a head coach, and this is why. And like I've said, he, this is his best season as a Pistons head coach. I'll give him that. But this is just one of those. It's it, this. This is one of those reasons why I just don't like him. Like, dude, I understand Hamadou Diallo was was struggling in and of itself. He was, according to him, he was just struggling because of himself as well. Like, so I'm not just blaming it all on Dwayne Casey. Like Hamadou was just he was struggling. But even if maybe even if Dwayne Casey doesn't do what I'm about to mention, Hamidou may have struggled even more. But he definitely wasn't helped. He was actually hurt. Like like he was. What what Dwayne Casey basically did with Hamidou Diallo was throw him out there in the middle of the ocean with no life jacket, no boat, and said, "Here you go, swim, swim back to land." By by playing him with Saban Lee, Jaleel Okafor, Tyler Cook. And then sometimes he would have another non-shooter out, pick whatever one. He'd have Josh Jackson out there with him as well or something. Like but mainly those three guys Saban Lee, Julie Okafor, and Tyler Cook. Now you tell me what in the living hell any kind of slasher or any person who can't shoot and feast in the paint is supposed to do with that kind of lineup. It is not a coincidence. It's not coincidence, not one bit. I'm t- I'll say it again, it is not a coincidence. And Hemadu Diallo had his bounce back game in the game that Tyler Cook did not play until the fourth quarter in, in the garbage time. He was no longer on the team. And Julio Okafor just didn't play. And the same with Saban Lee playing only garbage time. It's, that's not a coincidence at all. It's just not. The fact that Hamadou Diallo was able to play with actual space, not even great shooters. Like the Pistons only have like I think maybe one great shooter, maybe two with Wayne. You got Sadiq. But just like a little bit of spacing, and Hamidou Diallo was able to get to the rim, get to the rim more and score. It's not a coincidence that this happened now that he finally gets put with the team with, with a lineup that is not could use me out there spacing the floor. Okay, I could be out there and be one of their best spacing options with that lineup they've been running out there for the past few days. Okay, it's just he he was set up to fail, and it's one of those things. There's so many times that Kim, that 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 Dwayne Casey has done this over the past few years. And like I said, put the graphic up at the bottom of the screen. I'm, I'm not coming at him as a person. He's a great person. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me tell you guys a story about Dwayne Casey real quick when I was credentialed that 2019-2020 season. Listen, I, Dwayne Casey is a great person. I just don't think he's a great head coach. I actually think I, I, maybe I've been a little too harsh on him. I think he's probably about an average head coach. Not a bad coach, but I think he's probably like, like an average head coach. He has his issues, but he also has his props. It's just that his issues really get on my nerves. But let me tell you this story. So after one of the post-game pressers, I believe this is one of the games that I actually a- I asked Dwayne Casey a question. And he always was really nice to me when he answered the question. I actually got a few funny quotes. Some of the guys there actually said that I had some of like I got some of the best quotes on him because he'd always joke back with me and, and like give a funny quote, whatever. So he's a nice guy. Like I'm not joking when I say that. He's actually a really good person. So going to the locker room after the post-game presser to, to interview some of the players... I'm walking, and the PR, one of the PR guys, or one of the he, lead PR guy, he grabs me by my shirt and yanks me back and is like, oh, like trying to tell me that, hey, you don't go in first. Coach goes in first, blah, 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 which, which like whatever. Uh, I, I saw a few people go ahead in front of me, but I, I guess I, I, I must have been like walking in front of Dwayne Casey. I didn't notice it, and I guess I should let him walk in before me, whatever. So he pulled me back and it was basically like telling me, get out the way for Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey put his hand on my back. He's like, no, he's good. He's good. Go ahead, young fella. I was like, thanks, man. I was like, thank you. He's like, no problem. And so he, he's a, I, I, not, not like a big story, but like he's just – he's a really good person, basically is what I'm trying to say. I have – like he's, he's a good person. He's a nice man, like i was saying. He's an average head coach, I think, and his issues just get really on my nerves, and I think, I think it really hurts his players sometimes. And this is one of those scenarios. Like the, this right here, Hamadou Diallo, like I said, could have been struggling anyways, but the lineups that he was out there with was just – was 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 a death sentence. He, he didn't have a chance to flourish out there. And now this game, he was able to play with Killian, Sekou, Frank Jackson, Isaiah Stewart, and he was able to have a bounce-back game. Who knows if he would have had a bounce-back game the last few games if he came out with that lineup. Maybe he actually was just struggling a lot. But one thing's for damn sure is that he wasn't helped at all. He was, he was not helped at all with the lines he was being played with, and it actively hurt him. And I, once again, will say again, I refuse to believe that this is a coincidence that this is the game he had a bounce-back with. So hopefully moving forward... Once Josh Jackson comes back, uh, Dwayne Casey tries to like balance their or split their minutes like, to where Josh is on the bench and the ham, Hammy's in. And when Hammy comes out, Josh comes in. Or if you have both of them on the court, you have to have shoes around them. You just have to. You, you have to have Sadiq out there, I guess, or, and Killian out there, and then Isaiah Stewart, and they have to space the floor. Because we, the, the little Julius Okafor, Tyler Cook experiment should be dead and it should never be brought back up again. It should be buried six feet underneath Little Caesars Arena it it should never be hap- it should never happen again honestly i would not be mad if we never saw julio calfor play again that's that's how bad that was just just please and i honestly felt bad for Hami because i, I while he was struggling he wasn't being helped it was it was bad it it was bad so that's basically all I got for that. I, I just it, one, That was one of those things, like I said, maybe I go a little too harsh on Dwayne Casey sometimes, but I also think people give him a pass too many times simply because the team's losing. And like little situations like this are very clear like criticisms that you can lay out for a head coach, no matter if they're tanking or trying to win. That's just a clear uh, critique to give somebody, and he was actively hurting one of his players, and I, I just had to point that out. So... Thank you guys for listening. That's all I've got for you guys today. Make sure you guys let me know on Twitter at NBA what you guys thought about that Killian Hayes comparison if I swayed you guys a little bit. I honestly think, for me, that is probably the best comparison for Killian right now because of where like their, their careers were and how, how Lonto had to kind of improve his game in order to remain a pick-and-roll threat at all. And I think that's something Killian's going to have to get to at some point if he wants to remain a pick-and-roll kind of guy. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow uh, on what's the on Wednesday. We'll be back on Wednesday. And have a good night, guys. Or whenever have a good day or have a good night. Whenever you guys listen to this. And I'll see you guys later. Peace out.